This is episode 53 of Teacher Approved. You're listening to Teacher Approved, the podcast helping educators elevate what matters and simplify the rest. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. We're the creators behind Second Story Window, where we give research-based and teacher-approved strategies that make teaching less stressful and more effective. You can check out the show notes and resources from each episode at secondstorywindow.net. We're so glad you're tuning in today. Let's get to the show. Hey there, thanks for joining us today. In today's episode, we're sharing an easy takeaway for helping you get through the third quarter slump in the classroom. We start our episodes with a morning message, just like we used to do at morning meeting in our classrooms. This week's morning message is, What small, inexpensive thing has made your teaching life easier, better, or more fun? Emily, what would you add? Well, when we were teaching preschool, we had a Buddha board set up on a table. Oh, I love that. And it's (laughs) one of those boards that I think most people will know what it is. If you don't, it's a little hard to explain. But it's a board that you can use water to paint on, and then it quickly fades away as it dries. It was so fun in our preschool. And most of the kiddos would stop by at least once a day. And I recently got my oldest a mini one. And it's so tiny and cute. (laughs) It has a little mini brush. While we use this in preschool, I think it could be fun in an older class too. Or the mini one might be nice just for you, like in your own teacher space, you know, just for a little mindfulness moment while you do a little painting. It really is surprisingly soothing. And Every day, that thing got so much attention. I love it. It's so much fun. What would you add, Heidi? Well, it's not about my teaching life, but currently, audiobooks are making my work life so much more enjoyable. Oh, yes. I've really just been in a slump lately with physical books. It's just so hard to find the time. Mm -hmm. But audiobooks have been awesome. Just since December, I finished a bunch of holiday rom-coms, my fave. Prince Harry's book, Mike Render's book, The Office Lady's book, a book about politics. I restarted one of my favorite Georgette Hayer books. Oh, love her. And right now I am finally listening to Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, which I know you love. Yes, that was my extra credit months and months ago. (laughs) So I'm finally getting there and I am loving it. So I told you. It's just so nice to have like an engaging distraction when I'm doing a tedious task, like making an answer key or the other day I spent hours drawing a lionfish, which is very boring. But I love that I could still be reading even if I wasn't able to hold the book myself. So that was a very nice win. (laughs) And they're so good in the car too. Oh, definitely. I just was listening to one on the way over here. (laughs) We also have some awesome responses to this question from our community. And this time we really did get excellent responses. (laughs) It was hard to narrow it down. So Christy said, a remote to click through slides without touching the computer, and it controls volume too. Oh, so handy. I create daily slideshows with everything embedded, and it makes it so easy to stay with the kids and keep them engaged when I'm not walking away every few minutes to change the slide. So smart. I don't think I ever thought about this. <laughs> Shannon agreed with that, and she said her clicker has a laser pointer too, which I think is pretty snazzy. <laughs> I'm going to add my own book to that because... It makes such a difference if you're using slides or technology, just to be able to control it from a distance. So you're with the kids and you can just push the button. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't go back. So good. <laughs> Melissa said, I just love the Pentel Elite mechanical pencils. They work great for writing my lesson plans. Oh, I haven't tried those. Me neither. 
And Jennifer agreed with the need for a good writing utensil. She said mine would be good Ticonderoga pencils and a good electric pencil sharpener. If I get donated any other pencils, I pass them along to others. (laughs) Until you've had to manage like a dozen, two dozen sharpened pencils every day, you would not understand that like not all brands are equal. Yep. And then that's how you become a pencil snob Mm -hmm. like Jennifer and like us. Yes. Understandable. (laughs) And Robin said friction erasable pens. She said, I use them for grading and note taking. They erase cleanly and they're refillable. She said they're her new go-to. Well, that's cool. I know. And our friend Sharika, she said her miniature ladybug vacuum. Oh, that's This I is so it. on brand for Sharika, <laughs> and I love it. Now I want one. I know. She says it's it's still on my desk. It's perfect for crumbs, eraser bits, spilled pencil shavings. Mostly I just like vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Masha said my finger pointer stick which is so good. And I love that they make them in so many different things. Now they're not just point. They're not just finger pointers. Now (laughs) in preschool, we had the whole lot of them. Well, maybe I shouldn't confess this then that when I saw this recommendation, I was like, I wonder if they have some new releases that we don't have. (laughs) And did you find any? I didn't. I didn't do a comprehensive search because I realized I maybe needed to rein it in a little bit. They did have a paw one that we don't have. We do have some paw ones. I know. I do remember the paws we have, but we did use them every day. But also, yeah. we are not teaching preschool I, yeah. right now. So, so but mm. they did have a set of like mini pointers. Oh, cute! I don't know what you would use them for. Maybe in like a guided reading center. Yes, but I was like, I kind of want those. Okay, but I did not buy. I hey, did not. Good buy. restraint. <laughs> Kim said she's loving her wireless doorbell, which we just talked about recently yeah. for classroom transitions. I think this is such a brilliant idea. She says it gets their attention and has different options for songs. Oh, that's fun! I love it. Kristen said, this is going to sound weird. And I'm going to be honest, it does sound a little weird, but I love it. And that's why we included it. She said, a Cinderella's castle backdrop. (laughs) It literally changed my classroom and my feeling when I'm in it. It just makes me happy. I would love to know more about this. (laughs) But the point is to have something whimsical that makes you happy. And hey, this fits the bill. At first I was thinking it was on her computer, but... I don't, I think she means no, like a, uh, like a cardboard on. backdrop yeah. or something. You go, Kristen. I know. Maybe maybe she'll send us a picture. Jane said her drink holder clamp thing. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a clamp that you attach to your desk or your your table wherever you're sitting that will keep your drink in it and off of your table. So she says. My coffee no longer has a chance of being spilled by me or my students. Oh, that sounds important. I know it sounds clever. Tessa said, this is another one that was a little bit wacky, but I'm here for it. She said, I bought a rubber chicken. (laughs) Yes, a rubber chicken a couple years ago and use it when kids get 100s or show a lot of growth on a test. The kids live for this. I can picture that they would. And she said, I really don't think I can ever teach without it now. Well, of course, everyone had a whole lot of questions when she posted this. So she came back to share some more about it. She said, when they get a 100 or show big growth on their iReady tests, like reach their goal or their stretch growth, or if they grow in some other way, they go to the front of the class and they squeeze the chicken. <laughs> when the chicken... <laughs> oh, no. When the chicken is squeezed, everyone has to freeze and clap and congratulate them. <laughs> oh, no, I think we've lost Heidi. <laughs> oh, no. 
She said, I had a fifth grader come back to tell me about her iReady score, and I let her squeeze the chicken, and my class went crazy. They were so excited to cheer for her. It's a grandma chicken, too, so keep that in mind. She said, it looks ridiculous, but it's seriously everyone's favorite reward. I am absolutely delighted by this. This is the cutest thing I've ever heard. It's so random. But this will be unforgettable to these students. They will always remember this wild does, and wacky thing. Does it make a noise? Does it It sounds or? like it does. I mean, why else would you squeeze it? It must make a noise. I've seen somewhere like you squeeze it and, like the eyes pop out. But okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm going to do a little investigating and see if I can find a <laughs> rubber grandma chicken to link for you. <laughs> but maybe she made it a grandma herself. So you may have to adapt that, a that regular can... rubber chicken. There are many roads in this journey. <laughs> I'm here for it though. Thank you for that idea, Tessa, because it really, it really made my day. <laughs> we have a couple others. Rosie said, smelly scented markers. Oh, my yeah. kids love them and so do I. <laughs> yep. So true. Tammy suggested using recordable buttons. She said, I record station directions. So no more, what does this say? What do I do? Best thing I ever bought. Those buttons are so cool. And that is like brilliant. So that you're not answering the same questions over and over and over. So smart. A lot of these ideas remind me of our episode about using surprise and delight to increase student engagement. So if you haven't yet... Definitely go back and check out episode 35 to hear all about that. It's so good. And we will link to it in our show notes, of course. We'd love to have you join the conversation over in our Teacher Approved Facebook group or on Instagram at Second Story Window, and that is with the two. It's time for the resource of the week. This week, we're highlighting our Place Value Worksheet Bundle. This is a relatively new math resource that we added to our shop about, I don't know, a year ago. And the funny thing is it started as a little side project that Heidi did for fun, which maybe says <laughs> a lot about Heidi. I do for fun. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Heidi? So this kind of just came out of the idea of what I would have wanted as a second grade teacher. I just, I felt so helpless when I would have these, you know, four or five kids who weren't passing our place value assessments. And in second grade, place value is everything, right? And I just didn't know how to fix it. So I wanted to create a resource that would move kids along the continuum of understanding from like very basic kindergarten all the way up through elementary. Yeah, the advanced place yeah. value. So that way you can take a kid who is struggling with a topic. So if we're doing second grade place value, I can slide them back to where I can find where they're able to be successful and move them up from there and fill in the missing pieces along the way. Or if you've got some advanced kids, you can slide them up a little bit so that they are stretching their understanding in new ways. I love this idea, of, especially with math, of thinking about a certain skill on a continuum like that, because it really opens up how you can meet your students' needs. So our place value bundle currently has 17 levels. Mm-hmm. I say currently. <laughs> Why do I say currently, Heidi? Because <laughs> we, we're going to make some more. Because every time I think we're done, I'm like, oh, wait, but there's this. And then they need to know how to multiply this by 10. And then like decimals need to look this way. And it keeps growing. Yeah. So we already know for <laughs> sure that there's some planned out that are going to be added in the future. So 17 for now, there will be more. The bundle starts with building understanding of tens and ones, and it grows all the way up to composing decimals. Each of the 17 sets has 20 practice pages that build conceptual understanding of specific skills. 
through practice with visuals first before progressing to abstract representations. And I think that's something unique we're bringing to the table with our place value practice. Thank you for highlighting that because I put a lot of effort into really kind of building that understanding from more concrete to more abstract. So I hope it's something that teachers can see a lot of value in. I think it's so good. And my third grader likes to do these for fun. (laughs) Neil and I are buds on that. (laughs) And my first grader just the other day, I had bound all of these pages into a book for my third grader to do. And she noticed it and was looking through the beginning and was like, oh, I could do these. Why don't I have a place value book? This was just the other day. So I'm probably going to have to make her a place value book too. Hers will probably not go all the way to decimals though. (laughs) This is such an amazing bundle to have on hand because it really allows you to differentiate for your students and target them at the exact skill they need to work on. The bundle has 340 practice pages currently Mm -hmm. across 17 levels and also includes Google Slides and of course an answer key. You can find a link to the Place Value Worksheets bundle at the link in our show notes. Here we are in the mid-year slog. Yay! (laughs) March is a surprisingly tricky time to be a teacher. I always feel like March is such a long month to be a teacher. No joke. Everyone is just tired of winter, but spring will not show up. (laughs) And you've got a full 31 days on the calendar. But you might not have any breaks, depending on where your spring break falls. There's pressure to finish up as much content as you can. But then, like, how much can you really do before testing starts? (sighs) But you don't need us to tell you how hard March is. (laughs) No, I am sure you are well aware. Until you've been through a few school years, you don't realize how seasonal teaching is. On a calendar, it seems like all the days of the school year should be pretty much equal. But They definitely are not. So to help us make a plan to cope with this slog of a season, we are going to take a page out of the Lazy Geniuses book and name what matters. Ah, the Lazy Genius. We freaking love Kendra Adachi. (laughs) I think she would want to be our best friend. (gasps) Yeah. We should ask her. Yeah, she's the best. (laughs) (laughs) And because of her, we know that when we are tired or running on fumes and every option seems like an overwhelming choice, the thing to do is to name what matters. When we name what matters, we can focus on things that move the needle and then just let go of the rest. I love that advice, but how do we actually do that? (laughs) Well, I know that you are a fan of Greg McKeown's book, Essentialism. Yes, I love Essentialism. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And in that book, Greg relates the story of Larry Gelwick's. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good story. So, and this might be the only time that sports is referenced on this podcast. I think that would probably be a a safe bet. (laughs) So make note here. So we have this story of 36 years that Larry coached high school rugby. And over that time, his team won 418 games and they lost only 10. Oh, that's crazy. And I am sure there are a lot of things that count for that kind of record. But Larry says it's because his team always wins. In this case, he doesn't mean his team wins the games, although they do that. He means they ask themselves, W-I-N, what's important now? Oh, I love an acronym. Oh, you know, (laughs) we do here. (laughs) Let me read the quote that you bookmarked. It's from page 215 of Essentialism. The players apply the question constantly throughout the game. Instead of getting caught up rehashing the last play that went wrong or spending their mental energy worrying about whether they are going to lose the game, neither of which is helpful or constructive, Larry encourages them to focus only on the play they are in right now. 
Greg goes on to add, when faced with so many tasks and obligations that you can't figure out which to tackle first, stop. Take a breath. Get present in the moment and ask yourself, what is most important this very second? Not what's most important tomorrow or even an hour from now. If you're not sure, make a list of everything vying for your attention and cross off anything that is not important right now. That would definitely be a long list to write (laughs) out, I'm sure. But sometimes it's so helpful to get it all out of your head and onto paper. And then it's easier to cross off those things that you realize don't really need to happen right now. And once you've gotten your thoughts written down, you can prioritize all the competing demands. Then you have a sense of what's important so you can name what matters most. This is so important. When everything feels urgent, but you can't clone yourself to manage all the things, which is something I fantasize about all the time. I just need two of me. If only. You need to make sure you're putting your time and energy into the right things. Calling all elementary teachers. We need your help. We are collecting the best teacher-approved tips from the most amazing teachers we know. That's you! If you have a teacher-approved tip you'd like to share with our audience, please send it to hello at secondstorywindow.net. Or if you really want to earn extra credit, we would love if you sent us a voice recording that we can play on the podcast. Just identify yourself with your first name and your teaching role and then share your tip. You can head to speakpipe.com slash teacher approved to leave your voice recording and you will find the links to submit your tip in the show notes of this episode. Now only you can name what matters for you, but here are some things that we imagined might matter most in March. Maybe what matters is giving a bunch of assessments. (laughs) Yay, fun. (laughs) But if the end of third term is looming, maybe you need to invest a large effort in assessing your kids so you not only have scores for report cards, but you know which topics need attention before testing starts. And, you know, I haven't lived that at all ever, every single March (laughs) I ever taught. Or maybe what matters is finding a way to enjoy teaching again. Maybe you are so worn down by the day-to-day grind that you've forgotten why you wanted this job in the first place. And we hear from a lot of you. I think a lot of you are in that place and we see you. In that case, maybe you need to find a way to say no to the demands that are draining you, which is easier said than done. I recognize that. But, you know, do what you can. (laughs) Or maybe you need to find a way to work in some surprise and delight. Seeing your students light up over something exciting is a great way to find your own excitement about your job. I love the tool of surprise and delight. It really is a game changer. Maybe six months of classroom clutter has accumulated to the point (laughs) that you feel like you're drowning. I haven't been here. Definitely not. (laughs) Maybe you have the kids pitch in on a classroom reset to help with this. Everyone cleans out their desks and cleans out the bins of dried glue sticks and broken markers. And then you show a movie for the rest of the afternoon so you can clear your countertops. If that's what you got to do, do it. So ask yourself, what's important now? Name what matters right now and use that to guide what you do next. We often leave you with long checklists on this show, but this week we just want to keep it simple and invite you to take a few minutes to help decide what matters right now in your teaching life. We'd love to hear your thoughts on naming what matters. Come join the conversation in our teacher-approved Facebook group.
Now let's talk about this week's teacher-approved tip. Each week we leave you with a small, actionable tip that you can apply in your classroom today. This week's teacher-approved tip is don't grade everything. (laughs) Heidi, tell us about this. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or buried under your to-do list, one area where you might be able to let stuff go is with grading. Grade what you need to inform your instruction. That's absolutely important. But beyond that, only grade what has to go on a report card. The rest you can just let go. Yes. And if you are using our morning work, we get this question a lot from people who use our morning work. This is us giving you permission not to grade it. We corrected each page as a class so the kids could see how well they understood and you could correct any misconceptions, but we never, ever, ever graded it. No one has got time for that. So look for things that you can opt out of grading. There's probably more things than you realize that you could stop taking your grade on. To wrap up the show, we are sharing what we're giving extra credit to this week. Emily, what gets your extra credit this week? I'm giving extra credit to the TV show Shrinking on Apple TV. If you know me in real life, you probably have heard me talk about this in the last couple weeks because I'm kind of (laughs) obsessed with it. (laughs) It's so hard to describe this show and do it justice. So let me just read the synopsis from Apple. Shrinking follows a grieving therapist who starts to break the rules and tell his clients exactly what he thinks. Ignoring his training and ethics, he finds himself making huge, tumultuous changes to people's lives, including his own. That sounds a little heavy. <laughs> it actually does not feel heavy at all. I'd seen the interviews and I'd heard the synopsis and I thought, oh, I'm not sure that's for me, but you, you may be swaying me. I do not think it feels heavy at all. It, it is such a great cast for starters. It has Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel, but the whole cast is excellent together. It's only 30 minutes, oh, which is good. so refreshing. And it is genuinely witty. I find myself laughing out loud almost every episode. In fact, one of the recent episodes ended in this most hilarious moment where I probably laughed for a full minute (laughs) out loud in my house. I never do that. That's how clever I think it is. If you like Ted Lasso, I feel pretty confident that this would be right up your alley. So you'll have to give it a try, Heidi. I will. I'll have to restart my Apple TV subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi, what's your extra credit this week? Can I give a detention instead of extra credit? Oh, I guess so. (laughs) Do I feel a rant coming on? Oh, absolutely. Buckle up. This is going to be a ride. (laughs) So I was brushing my teeth before bed the other night, as you do, and flossing, of course. And I was just getting so irate about back to school. (laughs) And that's not normally something that happens when I brush my teeth. But I was thinking about how hard it is to teach at this point of the year when time simultaneously feels so short and also so impossibly long. That is the perfect description (laughs) of March. (laughs) And I was reminded of all of the years of big welcome to the new school year kickoff extravaganzas I was forced to attend. Those things are the worst. (laughs) If we were lucky, we were given three days of time to prep before the kids arrived And then an entire afternoon of those three precious days was eaten up by a mandatory motivational meeting so that the district (laughs) people felt like they were doing something. I mean, really, that's the only justification I can come up with. Or they thought we weren't busy enough. There was usually a big speaker that the district flew in for the day. But no matter how talented the speaker, I just resented it so much. Yep. Not just the loss of time, but also the idea that I needed any motivation two days before school started. Right. At that point, if I got any more motivated, there would be literal smoke coming out of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) 
But you know, late February or early March, sometime when report cards aren't looming, that's when I could have really used an afternoon of motivational speaking. I would have loved to hear someone say, hey, you are so caught up in the thick of things right now, it is hard to remember how far you've come. But think back to September. Think about how hard it was to get your class up and running, but look where they are now. No, it's not perfect, but they have done some great things, and that is because of you. You have been there every day, guiding, loving, and nudging when necessary. And what can we do to make the most of these last few months? We've still got time to make a real difference here, so let's figure out how we can finish strong. So there you go. (laughs) And your district didn't even have to pay me thousands of dollars for that. Uh, that extra credit really took us on a <laughs> on a long journey there. And in the end, I think you ended up giving the extra credit to teachers for how hard they work and all the ways that they have improved their class since September. So I guess extra credit to you guys. <laughs> extra credit every day for teachers. Absolutely. <laughs> That's it for today's episode. Take time to name what matters in this very season. And don't forget our teacher approved tip and our permission to not grade things. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you shared it with a teacher friend who might enjoy it as well. It's the best way to help our show reach new listeners. And be sure to check out our show notes for links to anything we mentioned in this episode, maybe even a grandma chicken. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode of Teacher Approved. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your podcast apps so that you never miss an episode. You can connect with us and other teachers in the Teacher Approved Facebook group. We'll see you here next week. Bye for now. Bye.